Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I am your moderator, the one they call Carol, the growth alchemist, the many other things we won't talk about today. Um, And I am back with my guys, uh, and we are going to continue. This is part two uh, to the life after the degree uh, conversation uh, so we're back with none other than uh, Mr. Logistics himself, BJ. Yes, sir. Back in the building, and we have uh, our specialist, our our subject matter expert, uh, Kenny, is back with us in the building. What's going on, guys? Uh, I'm having a good week. Looking forward to this podcast. So, ready? All good. good man. Let's roll. You just jump back into we blitz off it. Okay, good. Uh, I'm glad you're looking forward to it, because if you weren't, we'd have a problem. <laughs> I, should, I should have said I wasn't then. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to cause a problem, right? Yep. Just to be a problem. Yeah, of course. We have to deal with, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hey, we just want to thank you all for tuning in. We know you could have chose to get, get uh, blah, 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 blah. can't speak today, can't speak today. We know you could have chosen to get off on any floor, but we're glad you're here with us. So just to recap, Uh, We are talking about six different uh, tips that will help you land that job after the degree. Or for those of you that, you know, you already have your degree or you're looking for a job change. um, These are also useful for you. Um, But this is a two part series. This is the second part. So if you didn't get a chance to catch uh, the first part, you definitely want to go listen to the podcast right before this one. Um, And absolutely. So you don't miss hit subscribe so that you'll never miss another one. Um, But the four tips that we covered already were career planning and management. That was number one. Um, Number two was establishing your personal brand. Number three was identifying your network. And number four was resumes, cover letters, and LinkedIn. Um, And we'll pick up today uh, with a little bit of LinkedIn and then covers number five and number six, which is indeed Monster and other search engines and number six, job search strategies. Um, Again, as I said on the last episode, you definitely want to go get your new graduate, have them listen to this. You definitely want to forward it to them, uh, provide them the link to the, to these two episodes, because this is information that even if you go to your career counseling center, um, you're not going to get it at this level. And you're not going to get people who are out, who are currently employing uh, new graduates and looking for people. So, uh, without further ado, Kenny, let's pick back up, man. Um, okay, so what I'm going to actually go back and talk about, and LinkedIn is going to be brief because we did touch on it already, just some stats on LinkedIn, just so people understand how um, how beneficial it is to use LinkedIn when you are doing your job search, starting a job search, um, even before that, because it provides so much information. So I'll just give you some stats on the usage. Uh, I wrote it down so I got the numbers right. So with LinkedIn, um, there are 414 million users globally. Um, 107 million of those users do reside in the United States. 93% of companies use LinkedIn for the purposes of recruiting. That is quite a high number. So if you think that LinkedIn is being used to check you out, to hire people, to post jobs, do all that, you are sadly mistaken. 
Um, 89% of recruiters have hired people through LinkedIn, which is also an extremely high number. And 94% of recruiters are currently active on LinkedIn. So um, just to let you know how, you know, again, I know some people are anti-social media, anti all these different things, but um, I think if you want to increase your chances of exposure, getting a job, um, connecting to people who are, would be beneficial to say you're not getting a job, but you're just trying to start a company or you want information on a different company that you're maybe investigating or trying to see if that's a good move for you, LinkedIn is one great place to be. Yeah, so... Yeah, go ahead, sir. So I, I was one of the ones that kind of stayed away from LinkedIn at the beginning. Somebody told me years ago, go and make a profile. I did my profile. I just kind of let it sit there. So when you have the profile, you update your education history, your work history. What does activity on LinkedIn look like for the professional looking to go out and either pursue a new job or update their career? Um, what does the activity look like besides just doing a search for um, computer programming. Okay, so um, a good thing for LinkedIn is it's something that you should be constantly using. Um, whether you're looking for a job or whether you're not looking for a job because it does look kind of suspect that um, suddenly when you're looking for a job, you have all this massive activity that you, um, you suddenly feel the need to do. Uh, so it's always good to, do, to be on LinkedIn and make sure that you keep your, um, you know, your education up to date. You, if you, and some people think, okay, so I'm, I'm getting a certificate in something. I'm doing a small program. That's not important. The beautiful thing about LinkedIn is that's kind of where you dump every one of your, uh, your successes, uh, be it professionally. Um, sometimes the good thing about it is personally, I, I, I am someone who has no problem with anyone after this podcast, during this podcast. Well, do it afterwards. So you can listen to us. Um, going and checking out my LinkedIn page because um, I'm considered a LinkedIn all-star. And the reason I'm considered a LinkedIn all-star because you do get ranked on LinkedIn. Like if you have very low usage, um, your page isn't well-developed, you get a certain ranking. Okay. Um, and people do see that. You want to be an all-star on LinkedIn. And what that means is that you have a picture because people don't put pictures for some crazy reason. Um, you know, now there's, uh, like you see behind me, I have a background. There's a banner background that you put that kind of represents your brand. Um, what you are, mine used to be when I, I remember when I first started with LinkedIn, I made, uh, you know, I like to wear like, you know, colorful clothes and nice stuff, whatever. So I had a bunch of colorful bow ties on the banner behind me. But now as I progress towards what I'm doing and trying to teach people about leadership and change and success, that banner is no longer that. Actually, a couple of days ago, I changed it and it says like all these leadership words on it. Um, and that represents my brand. So as soon as you click on my page, you're going to say, this is what this guy's about. Um, so you want to keep your work history up to date. Um, a, a big mistake that people do is they get new jobs or they, they get a promotion and they don't put that on LinkedIn. So when the employer that they might meet uh, is either looking at them to maybe, you know, hire them for a job, or if you're just putting yourself out there for employers to see you, you're not giving them the full you. And that's doing a disservice to yourself and to the brand that we spoke about earlier. Um, you have a special brand. That's the other thing with LinkedIn is, is, um, if you want to create a brand, people do that a lot on Instagram by the pictures that they post and followers and all that stuff. And that's nice. That's a good thing to do. But the more professional aspect of it is when you um, create your brand through LinkedIn. Again, look at my page. You can see the seamlessness of what I'm trying to promote and encourage on my LinkedIn page. Um, I don't mind anybody friending me on LinkedIn because I feel like, uh, 
you know, if you need advice, so you need to talk, whatever, I'm, I'm somebody for that. If you need to use my, my page as a template, I always tell the, uh, you know, the clients that I work with, look at my page. If you're confused about what your page should look like, make it look like my page and the people that I follow. Because right. for the most part, those people have uh, pretty strong pages. Yeah. And that's the other thing about LinkedIn, right? So um, once you're on LinkedIn, it's not just about acquiring a job, right? You want to make sure that you subscribe to other people that Carol, we lost you. We lost your audio. Talk. I thought, I thought it was just me for a second. You're dropping knowledge too. That's why I said Government trying to keep him down. <laughs> they know he's got a powerful voice. That's the problem. It always happens to the best of them. All right, good. Yep, yep. So go ahead. So when you're on, you want to subscribe to people's pages. Yeah, hold on one second. Uh, that's at the seven minute mark. We'll have Ian go in and edit that out. All right. Yeah. So LinkedIn is not just about you going on. It's not just your digital resume, right? It's also you exposing yourself to your field, to people already in your field. And it helps you to stay current with the trends and the happenings in your perspective area. Right. right? So you definitely want to do that because again, you show up to the interview and you are knowledgeable about your field and your craft. So uh, that, that, that's, the, that's one of the other plus sides of LinkedIn. And, and you want to look at it, look, people call it the, the professional Facebook, right? So make sure you're representing yourself appropriately. As Kenny said, it, it is you branding yourself. Um, and absolutely, look, as a, as a general manager of, of, of a Fortune 100 best place to work, um, branch, location, company. Um, absolutely. Anytime somebody applies to a position at my store, you better believe I'm on LinkedIn looking to see if you, if, if, if you have a profile on there. And I learn a lot from that profile. So um, as Kenny was saying, if you're not updating your current position, then what could happen is it may look like you're not qualified to do the job that you're applying for. Correct. So you always want to keep everything up to date, keep all of your accolades and your accomplishments up to date, um, because I'm going to look at that more than I'm going to look at that paper resume you're going to try to hand me later on. It's interesting. I, I've never had the conversation with people when I'm the person that got tired of all the updates from people posting every single little thing and like this really turned into Facebook. Do I really need to see all this? But I'm like... But this is what we should be doing in this. I guess rethink my usage and look at how I'm branding myself because maybe I'm not doing it right. And, so, and sometimes what people mistake is, um, you know, it's consistency too. Again, you look through someone's page. You look from their most current post and go back 10, 15 posts and see how they either, you know, develop, they grew in their post or they just kind of flatlined in what they're doing. So those are things that people, you know, employers will look at and be, or they'll be like, how come one time he's, talking about this particular subject and now he's talking about something totally left field 
Um, and going back to updates, it's in people's best interest to do updates, just so you know. Um, if you don't do updates, it, it puts you at a, in, a, in a bad place with employers in their eyes. Um, and also a tip that you want, I also want to let you know is once you start a LinkedIn page, and some people don't know that, once you start it, that's when employers are able to see, unless you make it a private page, which sometimes people mm -hmm. do, but then it's going to be another disadvantage because why would you want to make your LinkedIn page private when the purpose is for you to gain employment through that page? So mm -hmm. most people keep it public. Um, and once you start it, so I always tell people, I say, if you go on to LinkedIn, you, you start a profile, you sit down and you say, you know, I got a quick five minutes. I'm going to type my name, where I live, and I'm going to start where I work and I'm going to stop. When you stop, if I were to click on to your LinkedIn page, I'm going to see exactly where you stopped. So I'm going to see your, your name. I'm going to see where you live. And you're going to say, my name is Carol. I live in, and then you have to go somewhere and do something. I'm going to see, my name is Carol. I live in, and it stopped. So now I'm not going to look at you as a very professional individual. I'm going to look at you as somebody who doesn't finish what you start. So it's always good to do that. Um, some other quick tips for LinkedIn. Let's, let's do, run those, through those really quick. When you do take your picture, make sure you take a nice picture. Um, this is a picture. I would not take. Carol has a fantastic background. Um, if anybody's watching this for his picture, it's just a plain background. You don't want to be out in the woods and the, you know, or be at a party or, you know, sometimes what people do is a lot of people take the pictures with the seatbelt across, you know, in their car and they have the seatbelt across their chest. You don't want to have that when you uh, do a LinkedIn page. You don't want to take something where you crop people out. You're at a wedding and you had on the best tuxedo ever. So you're like, oh, this is great. My hair was fresh. You know, I had on a tux. I was looking right. And then you have somebody's arm around you, but you cut that person off. So now you have this creepy arm scarf around your shoulder. Um, employers don't want to see that. That looks weird. We've had people where they've um, been in bathrooms. Arm scarf. The arm scarf. Yes, that's <laughs> what I call it. I gave it that name too, the arm scarf. Great <laughs> Mark right here at the 13th floor, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, people have taken pictures in bathrooms at clubs because the club bathroom has been very nice, but little do they know that I could see the stall behind them. Uh, one time we saw toilet paper on the floor. If you zoomed in on it, and employers will do that, they'll look at your picture and zoom right in on that. So what you want to do when you do one is have a nice smiling picture. Um, don't, you know, employers tend to be more attracted if they're scrolling through faces, a uh, you know, a smiling face. They want to see that. Um, don't make it a selfie. So you don't want to do this and see your arm out and it's you, you know, you don't want to see that. You want somebody to get a nice headshot of yourself with you smiling. Um, I told you about the background photo. You want to make sure you have that in there. Um, you're going to also have a, a section right in the, right underneath your picture where you create your professional summary. That's where you're gonna tell employers about yourself. Some people make the mistake of trying to make like what they put on an old resume, which is the objective. You know, I am so-and-so, I have uh, such and such education, and I'm looking for a job where I can utilize those skills, you know, that generic thing that people put. That's probably one of the worst things to put on a, on a resume, as well as on LinkedIn. You want to sell yourself. You wanna show what your skills and your qualities are. So, you know, I am, uh, um, hardworking, focused, um, efficient uh, business professional with 15 years in the industry with the ability to do that. I am certified in XYZ. You can put all that stuff on there. That's what you put on the thing. Don't put, I'm looking for a job. You're on LinkedIn. We know you're looking for a job possibly. So it's not good to put that as well as on a resume. Hey, can you really quickly, um, 
again for 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 our our new graduates or those that are back in the job market sure. is there an advantage to being a premium linkedin member this is for new grads yeah no no, no? don't 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 waste your money on that um i i'm not even premium i i actually was premium and i gave it up to someone else for a while um, at my job, but I'm also in the field of, you know, career services. So it's more advantageous to me because it helps me connect to employers and do certain things that in my field, I can, I can do things to help people more or connect to employers in a way that someone in the career field should. Um, Sometimes when you are somebody looking for a job, and you are able to, you know, kind of penetrate those certain walls that you can with some of these programs. Um, it's it's not always advantageous. It comes off as kind of creepy and like stalkerish when you do stuff like that. So you want to make sure that you don't do that. Um, so I would say, don't worry, don't waste your time on the premium. Don't waste your money on the premium stuff. It's good for certain things, but not necessary at all. I haven't had it for a long time, and I'm I'm quite efficient with what I do. Nice, good stuff. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, so, hey, again, um, you're not going to get this just anywhere. So definitely make sure you're taking notes um, and we'll wrap up LinkedIn. Let's let's move on to the next one, man. I'm, I'm really curious about the um, the job search engines and everything. So I, I think that's going to be a, another one that's, hey, this is some new stuff, right? This isn't what you had to do back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day, you had to do something totally different. So um, definitely interested in the Indeed Monster and other search engines. Yeah, so um, they're good. I, I can't really knock them. Um, but the hard part about using search engines like that is you kind of get lost in the sauce, you know? Um, you put your resume in, you don't know all the time where it's going or who you can contact to do any follow-up or anything like that. You just throw it in there. Um, some of the hard parts about using search engines is once you take your resume, you know, you have to take a resume, either upload it or, you know, enter the information onto their, their actual site. Um, so the hard part about that is people aren't always looking for the same type of job. And I always tell people the same thing with your resume. You got to update your LinkedIn. You got to keep stuff current and always fluid. Um, so if you have one set resume that you enter into these search engines, um, those are pretty much the only jobs that are going to pop up for you. You can search all you want. You can put in the right keywords, different things, but a lot of it's going to match up to what you have on your, um, in your, in the information about yourself. So it's going to look for those type of things. Um, there's, there's this thing that either within search engines, as well as just uh, companies use, it's called the applicant tracking system. I think I covered that right with you guys a little bit. Hmm. So I'll, no. I'll go back to that really quickly. So the purpose of the applicant tracking system is this is a, program pretty much that scans the words that are in your resume or your application. Um, Say you apply for a job at CarMax. Okay. Um, There's a specific job description, there's qualifications, there's a, you know, um, what you need in order to be successful at that job, the requirements. So if I'm applying for a job at CarMax and I'm applying for, Carol, give me a position that someone could apply for CarMax. Um, let's say you are applying for entry management. So a sales manager in training, sales manager in training. I enter my resume for that doubtful. I'll even get looked at if I do it through any of these search engines. So 
they're good for looking for different jobs, whatever the case is, but you are, you're constantly having to make sure that your information matches up to those words. So applicant tracking system, what it does is it scans all the words in your resume, your application matches it against that job description. And if a lot of those words don't match up that that person's looking for, it pushes it through and you don't even get considered for those positions. So it's, it's in your best interest sometimes to go directly through the website for these companies. So if you know somebody somewhere is hiring, CarMax, you see it on um, Indeed Monster, I would then say maybe keep it in, in one of those job search engines, but you're better chance, you have a better chance of getting contacted if you go directly to that company's website. Am I, am I right, Carol? Like if no, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. So what, what happens is we go through, and just as Kenny said, it's going to track for keywords. It's going to be somebody at the corporate office in, yep. in, in the recruiting department. They're going to yep. go through. Um, so I'll use this as an example. So each one of our locations has an account, right? And, and, and this is another reason why you want to make sure that all of your information is updated on these various search engines, because we're going to go through, we're going to look, it's going to feed us the people whose resumes or information on these search engine matches what we're looking for. Now it's then up to us to decide if we're going to send you an invite to apply. Yep. Right. But now you're at somebody's discretion. So that may not necessarily be me. That could be somebody else. Right. And they may have a particular bias. Maybe, maybe. Right. So what I would advise is if you see, a posting somewhere or you get invited, I would then go into that particular company's uh, website, find where their career information is, and I would apply directly through there because then it goes directly probably to the store as opposed to going to the corporate office or being screened by someone else. Um, and it just cuts down your, your, uh, your application time. Yep. Does that count for the link applying through LinkedIn as well? So again, a lot of these things work uh, in unison with each other. So mm -hmm. you can be on LinkedIn, but I still would say you can apply through LinkedIn, but I would also go to the company's website. The Correct. great part about LinkedIn, again, let's to take it back to there that I didn't mention is if I'm, and I'm going to keep CarMax as the example. Mm -hmm. So if I'm applying to a job at CarMax, one of the things I definitely want to do at LinkedIn is I want to follow link. Um, I want to follow CarMax on LinkedIn. So, you know, because these companies are all on these on LinkedIn. So if I'm applying to CarMax, I better sh darn well be sure that I am going to be um, following them on LinkedIn. Because again, like Carol said, you're going to be checked out on LinkedIn. And if you're so gung ho and I interviewed you, asked you all these questions about why you want to join my company and you're like, oh, it's something I'm enthusiastic about. I've been looking forward to it. You don't even follow us on LinkedIn, but you have a LinkedIn page. Um, I'm, I'm going to start to question your integrity. So again, following on LinkedIn, yes, you can apply through Monster Indeed, whatever. But again, um, the best way to apply to companies is directly through their website. So again, Indeed, Monster, LinkedIn, these are all tools to help you look for the jobs and see what's currently active and available and out there. Because you might not go directly to a website. Being on Indeed, Monster, LinkedIn, they, they could, you could also set up your profile where they feed you things and say a new job is opening with the criteria you're looking for. That's why, because you're not everyday people. People are so busy now in life where they're not constantly having that time to go check. And it might be that one day that you don't check, those couple of days you don't go check, that job opportunity has come 
and gone because people are being snatched up so quickly. Jobs don't stay posted for a very long time on these search engines because people apply and they get called in. They close those out. I remember I've worked with people, I'd say on Monday, somebody told me that they were applying, they wanted to apply for a job, but they had something they needed to do. They get back to me. They didn't get back to me until Thursday. When they got back to me on Thursday, that job was gone. It says this job is no longer available. Right. That's less than a week that that happened. Yep. And and then here's the other thing. So depending on the size company that you are applying for, right? It cost us money to be on indeed monster.com as an employer. Yep. Right. So if you're looking for a smaller business or a medium sized business, don't gamble on the fact that they have access to those search engines and that they've paid that money. You definitely want to go in and apply directly to them as we're saying, because one, you're already saving the company money. They're not having to log in. They're not having to pay for the subscription. You came to them and you found them. Well, guess what? You've got a leg up because I'm going to our to our hiring site first before I go to these other search engines. So I might find that person that looks more attractive who went directly to our website as applied before I get to you who has applied through Indeed or Monster. Yep. Yep. So I, again, I'm not bashing these, but I just want people to really understand that they are a piece to your entire job search. You have so many elements to be as successful as possible. You need to put a lot of these things together. People think, oh, I could just, you know, throw my, my resume up on Indeed, leave it, and I'm going to get called. I'm going to get all this information. I'm going to get that. Meanwhile, there's people that's doing what we're talking about. Indeed, LinkedIn, Monster, networking, all of the different things that we talked about, establishing their brand, putting themselves out there, being seen, being noticed. The combination of all these things is what makes you the person that's the best candidate to be hired for jobs. So. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So those things. No bash, whatever. So final point. Job search strategy. Job sir. search strategy. So we kind of covered it. So like I said, you know, make sure you're on these different search engines. Make sure you're networking. Um, make sure you are visible. You know, nobody's going to hire somebody they can't see. Nobody's going to hire somebody that doesn't make some kind of impact on what they're doing. So it's always in your best interest to make sure you are as visible as possible. You're networking constantly. Um, and I said it before, and I'll always say it to people. The job search is not an easy thing. It takes a very long time. Unless you know somebody, which is the case a lot of the time, um, it, take, it takes a long time. It takes weeks, months. I work with people who they'll apply for a job on a, on a Monday, a week later. They're like, how come nobody called me? How come I'm not employed? I need a job like yesterday. I'm like, you should have applied a long time ago because that job like yesterday is not there. It's not always available. Or they'll be like, should I contact the company? One of the worst things you could ever do worst things you could ever do. If you contact the company, you might as well just cross them off your list and say, you know, because you're somebody who's impatient. You're somebody who's very unprofessional. And usually if you're contacting the company, you come off as a little bit belligerent because it's like, why are you contacting us? Because we didn't get back to you yet. Okay. But it's we're we're the company you're looking for the job. So you need to have a little patience and show us that you can do that. Um, Another thing that people need to do in their job search strategy is, Constantly apply. Constantly. I, I think I might have mentioned this is you should apply to, I'd say about seven jobs a day 
every week. So every week you're applying to 35 jobs and see what comes back. Now, don't just randomly, you know, throw your resume out there. That's not what I mean. These should be focused applications. So what you would do is, um, and this goes back to people trying to figure out what do they really want to do with themselves. You just graduated from college. Why did you go to college? Why did you get that degree? What are you looking to do? Um, and then with that mindset, you have to maybe write down a list of maybe 40 companies or 40 organizations, minimum 40, that you're interested in. And as you apply to them or research them or connect to them on LinkedIn, check or put something next to them, connected on LinkedIn, um, looked at their job openings, da, da, da. keep notes on each of those companies that you're doing because you don't want to be, do the same thing. What a mistake that some people do, um, and, it, and it's good that when you work through me, because if I'm helping you with your career, I'm not going to send your resume to the same company, same person more than once. People do that. Another mistake that they do is a company lists five different job openings and you put your resume out there for all of them. It's like, what are you doing? You, ha you have no niche. You have no specialization that you, that you are bringing to the table. So right now you're just a, a, a jack of all trades, master of none. That's what you become to them. So they're like, why are we going to hire this person? We're looking for somebody who is this particular thing. And again, that one resume that you put on for the five different jobs, how are you going to know what, how are they going to see that you're good for that? Remember your resume should speak towards each job. So if you're applying for five different jobs for one company, you should have somewhat of five different resumes, but then that comes across again as you not being your genuine self. Cause it's like, who are you? Are you a trainer? Are you a salesperson? Are you a manager? Like, what are you? Right. Right. And then the other thing I would say is, look, you, you want to do your research on these companies. If you're coming in and you know nothing about my company culture, you don't know our core values or our principles. Um, if you don't know any of that, that's going to come out in the interview. And then I'm really going to think, Hey, you're just casting out a broad net and just trying to get something and you're desperate. And what that tells me is if I hire you and then somebody else comes along and they look shiny and attractive, mm -hmm. you're going to jump to them. Yep. So definitely do your research. Um, do things like not just Google the company name, but go to things like fortune 100 companies, best places to work for. Look at their list. Look at the things that even if it's not, even if the company you're applying for is not on there, do they have things similar Correct. to those companies? right? Because then you know what type of culture you're getting into. You know if it's a progressive company or if it's a company that's kind of stuck in the past. And you definitely want to know that. And I'll save it for my closing where I'm going with that. But um, definitely do your research. You're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. Ah, perfect thing too. Um, job search strategy. Always have questions ready for the employer. One of the things that you do that will just put your foot in your mouth and just mess up your chances is when the employer says, so we're done with this interview. Do you have any questions for me? And you say, nope, I'm good. You, you answered everything. Again, you might as well say, thanks, I'll see myself out. Because employers want to know that you want to learn stuff. Like, are you there? Do you want to know how to grow in the company? Do you want to know why this position is even available? You know, is it a new position? Did someone leave? Why did they leave? I'd like to know that. Why are you working here? Why have you worked here for as long as you've worked here? You know? Um, Again, there was a, a, a thing I mentioned about, you know, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, those things are constantly being updated by these companies. If they're very progressive companies, they're going to be constantly updating their information. Um, and if they are updating information, are you familiar with the most up-to-date information? Or did you look at the website that we haven't updated in months 
So you're telling me some old information and we're like, you know what? We never got a chance to update that and we're about to. So that's old information. Are you coming to me saying something where I'm going to, you're going to blow my mind and say, oh, you really do know about our company. So you always should have, I always tell everybody, minimum of three questions that you want to ask the employer and they need to be real structured, focused and professional questions. And uh, allow me to throw some, some cautionary uh, advice out there. You definitely want to make sure you get a website that is unbiased. Um, so sometimes people go to things like Glassdoor and you may see comments that could be from a former associate. Associate, You never know why that person's a former associate, right? They don't come on there and say, hey, I was performance managed or I was written up this many times and then finally I got fired. And just like anything else, most of the time when people decide they want to leave a review, it's when it was a, a terrible experience, right? Or something happened and that motivated them. Oh, I'm going to show them. I'm going to leave them this review. Yep. Do your research. Um, again, so I, I said Fortune 100, comp- uh, Fortune 100 best companies to work for. Um, but you also have a great place to work who actually are the people that do that survey. Um, you have Gallup. Uh, Crane's business. Yep. Crane's business, Glassdoor. Um, so all of these things, make sure you check more than one source. Don't think that you went to one source and you know it all and go in there and just totally just disqualify yourself. From I, tend, I tend to tell people to use Glassdoor mainly to see job descriptions for the job that they're going for and salaries for what's in their general area. That's really oh. where I t- tend to tell people to use Glassdoor for. That's, that's the one question I had to wrap up. Well, not my last question to wrap up this section. Um, Cause one of the questions, no matter who I'm interviewing or what position I'm in, or if I'm just observing interviews at that point in time, it's always about salary. Cause most positions nowadays, they don't list the exact salary. They'll list the range commensurate, mm-hmm. commensurate amongst experience, mm-hmm. uh, or there's just nothing listed at all. Mm-hmm. So what would advice be to a new graduate who has never talked about salary or even a pro- professional who's out there getting mm-hmm. back in the field? Yep. What would be an, what would be the question not to ask? But put it that way. Salary. About salary. <laughs> so, um, first of all, in your first interview, don't you dare ask anybody about any, any type of salary. Don't you dare. Because that's something that will make you seem like you're only going to get this job because you want to know all about the money. Maybe you are, but keep that to yourself. Um, companies don't want to hear that you're coming in here for the money. They're looking for somebody that fits the culture, that fits the role, the job description that they're looking for, and is enthusiastic about working for the company. And I, and I would say it's in your best interest to be enthusiastic about the company that you're applying to. Don't just throw yourself out there because you say, I need money. Because if you just go for a job and you say, I'm doing this for the money, you're probably going to wind up hating it. You're probably going to wind up leaving it very soon. And now you're going to have this blemish on your resume that shows you weren't there that long. Um, so when you're talking about salary, when you eventually do, probably towards the second or third, if there's like three interviews, uh, if it's a, like a three interview process, I'd say towards the third, unless they tell you to give them what you're looking for, like how much do you expect, um, you don't ask that until the end. Um, what I say is the range, the range is actually perfect, which is why I say go on things like Glassdoor, like Carol said, do your research. If you know the range of what that position pays in your particular area, because remember different payments are di- payments are different around different parts of the United States or wherever it is you go. Um, if you know the range, you can very easily get that information and you want to give a range because if you give one hard number and an employer's not near that number, 
you're going to be disqualified automatically. Now, if you give them a range and you're like, you know, they were thinking the lower end or the higher end of the range, then you have something to negotiate. But once you say that hard number, then you set yourself in a place where they, they might. So here's, here's the thing. If you give them that hard number, they might've been thinking something higher, higher yep. than you thought, but they're like, Oh, I like this guy. He just saved us about $20,000 a year, you know, because we were ready to give him, you know, we had this large pot that we were ready to give him, but they didn't do their research. So now they said, here's the hard number I'm asking for, because that's what I think that number is. Right. So that they set themselves up for uh, failure that way. And then always remember, right? So you may not, sometimes you're going to ask that question and, and, and we're not going to answer it. We're going to say, well, you know, it's all based on uh, your growth potential, your skill level. Um, and we talk about that afterwards and we figure out what it is. It is called a job offer for a reason, yep. right? Because it's just an offer. You're not locked in at that point and you have the ability to make a counter offer. Always know that you have the ability to counter. So you don't have to, um, you know, bet the farm up front in the interview and, and totally disqualify yourself before you even get a chance to hear where, where they're going to come, what they're going to come with. Right. So our, our saying is the first person to talk loses. Right. That's, that, that, that's our saying. Great. So go into it and just know you have a range in mind. If they ask you, Hey, go with the range, tell them, Hey, look, I, I want an opportunity where there's growth potential. And I realize that where I am now may not be at the top of the range, but here's where I'm thinking. Yep. Right. And then just let it be from there. And, and so to add on that to that too, sometimes when the range is low, say you do know what the range is and you're like, okay, that's low. Um, you also have other parts that of your package that you can speak about and your offer. Okay. So I'm getting this amount. So let's talk about the health plan. Let's talk about my, you know, 401k. How's that going to be? So, so the days that I have for vacation, maybe those are increased a little bit more that offset what I'm getting paid, you know, in a, on the lower end. There's again, like Carol said, it's, it's an offer. It's a negotiation. You're coming in there. They obviously called you in for a reason. There's something about you that they saw that makes you somebody that's a potential employee at their company. And you have to know how to negotiate that that type of stuff really well. So again, it's not always about the salary. You might not get that big salary, but I bet you get more vacation days than all of your friends. You know, you, they give you, they provide you with, um, you know, stuff to ride the train there to pay your, you know, your public transportation to come there every single day. You get lunch because the cafeteria is just, you know, free for all kind of thing. There's things that offset that, that might not be right there in front of your face when you're just thinking about what is my salary going to be. So you have to also think those, think about those things as well. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Put a bow on it. Um, <laughs> listen, absolutely. Hey, that was phenomenal. I, I wish uh, there was somebody to provide me with this type of knowledge um, coming out of college, even though I kind of, <laughs> I kind of exited before the end, but uh, <laughs> so that's, that's a totally different story. But um I wish there were resources out there and don't get me wrong. You know, there are varying levels of um, how great your career development department might be career planning. Um, but 
we talked about that um, in the last episode. So definitely, if you're hearing this one and you didn't hear the episode right before this, you want to listen to that one because there are four other points we covered and a lot of great information. Um, so Kenny, definitely thank you for putting that stuff out there. Um, and, and BJ, thank you for, for putting out the questions that people probably have. And look, we would love um, to answer more questions. So um, definitely, if you're listening to the podcast, um, you can leave your questions either on um, that particular platform, uh, which actually now I think about it, the only one you can do that is iTunes. Um, so if anything, you can go to our Facebook page where you can find us at 13th Floor. Uh, and then if you want to find us on our IG page, um, which you'll probably get a quicker response, that's at 13th Floor, please. Um, and we would love to get back to you. Kenny, uh, I know you offered for people to follow uh, your LinkedIn to yep. get an example. So how would they get to your LinkedIn page? Just type in my name on LinkedIn. Um, and so one thing I would say, again, I guess this is also for listeners, is if, if and when they do connect to me on LinkedIn, um, if they say that they connected to me through the 13th floor, um, that's a big plus for them too. Because then I'll, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, a little key to, to get a little more access to some of those services that I, I'll give, especially if you say that you use the 13th floor. So I don't, I don't mind that. Um, I don't know how, if you want through the IG page, they can yeah, we'll 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 uh we'll definitely put a couple clips on there, and yep. we'll put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny's LinkedIn so that you can get to him. Yep. Um, and absolutely, please, we would love to help some folks get employed. Um, we'd love to have some folks start off in the right way, um, from the beginning because a lot of people do trial and error, and you waste a whole lot of time. So if we can cut down on that and get you off on the right foot, we'd love to do so. I'm very big on that efficiency, streamlining. I can't stand when people waste their time looking for jobs and they don't get employed. Um, and it takes them forever and spinning their wheels when they could have bypassed about five or six different steps of what they're doing. So I like to help people do that as well. So that goes back to LinkedIn. If you want to connect to me on LinkedIn through the 13th floor, anything, I'm down to help. Best of teachers, everybody else has failed experiences. Let's go. If you learn from them. Yep. Yep. Not your own. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you're not doing so already, please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us uh, to us now. Uh, subscribe so that you will never miss an episode. Um, you can catch us if this is your first time um, and you just so happen to get this one. For those of you uh, new graduates, uh, we're on all of the platforms. So you can catch us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Vimeo, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're at 13th floor on most of those. The only one we're at 13th floor, please, is Instagram. Um, but definitely search for us, follow us, and we would love to get your, your feedback. Uh, we would love to get any questions that you have uh, so that we can take care of you here on the 13th floor. Uh, in closing, I would say this. Here's the last piece of advice we have for this career thing. Don't chase money or titles. If you chase money or titles, you're going to get yourself in trouble and you're going to end up working someplace that you really don't want to be, right? So make sure you do your research. You want to look for a place that is in line with your brand or your values. That is what you want to chase. Find the place that is going to allow you your freedom to grow as a person and to grow further into who you are. Don't go work for the place that's looking for robots, Right. You didn't need to go to college for that. 
you could have went and walk, worked at a call center or whatever it may have been and just skipped college altogether, not have any loans. Find that place that's going to allow you to continue to nurture the person that you are and that you can, can be a, a contributor for as long as you would like to. All right. That's, that's, if nothing else, find those core values, find their brand principles, and that will tell you if that's for you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on the 13th floor. We're the best, but the views are amazing. We'll catch you all next week. The 13th floor. The 13th floor.